right, episode number 96. Do you need help getting out of your own way? Well, we're going to help you. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. Where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. All right. So we're going to dive right in because we're a little bit behind. We had some technical difficulties, but that's okay. That comes part of doing live shows is uh, sometimes when the tech fails us, it, we have to start late. So it is what it is, but don't worry about it because we're going to make up for it with some great content. And helping you get organized, get clarity of vision, and just to help you get out of your own way so you can achieve the goals that you want to achieve. So i got to give a quick shout out to my new Monday show that we started just this past Monday. We discussed should critical race theory be taught in schools. It was a great, great debate. It was rational. It was articulate. And we gave action steps at the end where we can impact the schools in our each in our individual communities and see what they're actually teaching the children right so this coming monday we're going to be discussing if derek chauvin had a fair trial so so that's going to be uh quite the conversation i got the panelists lined up and ready and that's going to be a good one so that's every monday at 11 now is we about to get deep with robert b foster all right so that's my spinoff show from shut up and grind so now we're going to dive right in because we're a little bit behind. So let me bring on my guest. So he was here before. So we're just going to bring him on right away. No fancy, loud introduction because the peeps already know you. So welcome, <laughs> Leonard, back to the show. Great to be back. Great to be back. How's everything going? Good, good. Going well. Going well. So where, where are you from again? Uh, South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Florida, that's right, that's right. That's where, that's where, I, that's my domain. <laughs> that's my domain. Awesome. What, um, you a football fan? I am. Are you a Dolphins fan? I am not. <laughs> ah, see, the guy from Miami is not a Dolphins fan. The guy from Rhode Island is a Dolphins fan. <laughs> <laughs> they, they made some nice moves though, so they 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 got out of their own way. Yes, so they're, <laughs> they're moving forward. Now. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so just give us a quick refresher of your background. What do you do? Who do you serve? All right, so um, I am the income stream savant, and the people I serve is I actually help authors in the personal development space, self-help space, health, wealth, relationships, turn their book into a six-figure empire, even if they haven't finished it yet. Uh, Authors are a passion of mine because they have a tremendous amount of power that I don't believe they realize. So that's what I do. I help them realize their power and monetize it. Okay. All I'm making a difference. <laughs> nice. Love it. All right. So what, what type of power? Oh, man. So if you look at one of my mentors, you know, his life was completely changed because of a book that he read. Mm-hmm. And because his life was changed and the trajectory of his life was changed, he was then able to come into my life and change my life. So it's like that one book has the opportunity to touch multiple lives, even if they haven't read that book, just because they're attached to the person who has read that book. So it's just, it's a lot of power, you know, and uh, with great power comes great responsibility. But until sure. they recognize it, they feel like they're lost in a crowd of people when, um, as you say, they have their own story. And that story is what makes them unique. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I was going to add on to that. It's your story in general. You know, your story in general, whether you're, you're a speaker, whether you're a writer, author, like it, it, do, it doesn't really matter what demographic you're after. Everybody has power in their own story. And so many people don't even realize it. I just got off of a Zoom call. I was I was a guest speaker with uh, one other person and we were both both sharing about 
telling your story, but just the, the questions from the listeners just shows that people really struggle with it. They really, really struggle with it. And I feel like that comes from a lack of clarity. So mm -hmm. I think people gravitate to books because it helps them gain cl clarity in whatever area that is that they feel that they're lacking. Would you agree with that? I do. I think books are in a way a type of escape. You know, books, movies, media in and of itself, uh, it speaks to the part of your brain that's looking for a distraction away from your current life. <laughs> Something yeah. that you don't want to deal. You know, I dealt with it for a while where, you know, whenever I would get stuck in my growth as a, as a uh, business owner, I would just stop. I, I wouldn't know what to do. So my next move was to turn on Netflix, you know, watch yeah. TV. And I was just like, the answer was going to somehow come. Yes. <laughs> and it wasn't until I, I was intentional in regards to shutting off the television and, and realizing the relationship that I had with it and being honest with myself about that. Because until you're honest with yourself, you don't really see a reason to change, no matter what anyone else says around you. So you be honest, you have to be honest with yourself and understand that that honesty isn't something that makes you weak and something that actually allows you to become stronger because now you can uh, approach those areas where you can be stronger and focus on, on working that muscle, you know, RBF style. <laughs> yeah, that's right. See, I'm, I'm part of a mastermind group and I'm looking up here on, on my wall. We have 14 core values and we go, we go through it before each, each call. And uh, yeah, so yeah, you're in the group. With yeah. Billy, with Billy Jean, yeah, and, <laughs> you know, and number and number one is everything is your fault, yeah, you know, and that was one thing I had to to adapt to. It's like everything is like I am here because I put myself here. I can blame my business partners trying to get one over on me. I could blame not having support from my now ex. I could blame so a whole host of other other reasons. But then once I said, you know what, I'm just not doing it. Like mm -hmm. it's 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 on me. Even even with the podcast, I said I bought the lights, the screen, the microphone. You know, I bought all that stuff. I bought a a, a desktop PC that, that I can plug in. You know, so I I have confirmed the internet all the time, and it, the stuff just sat here. It just sat here. And I kept making excuses as to why I'm not getting this this going. But at the end of the day, it was my own fear of judgment. <laughs> you know that, and and it's funny because I say that I ooze confidence. Which, you know, and things I'm comfortable with, I right. do. I do. <laughs> see? And that's the key. I wasn't comfortable doing this yet. Like, I wasn't comfortable even with the debate show. It took me six months to actually get that started because, you know, talking about things like critical race theory, you know, those are hot button topics. Talking about the Derek Chauvin case, and then we're talking about racism, then we're talking about police brutality. It's like, you know, those are awesome hot button topics. And I have my firm stances. But then once I started realizing what other people think about my opinions don't have to affect me. Exactly. You know, exactly. like, right. And once you can get to that place, I, I feel like that's when you can start having more, more clarity in your vision. Yeah. It, it isn't like we, we get this idea that it's, it's what other people think about us that makes the difference. But the reality is it's what you believe about what they're saying. Because yeah. people talk about us all the time. Yeah. Sometimes we just brush it off. So it's not about what they're saying. It's about yeah. what we're allowing to come in and then what we're internally agreeing with. Yes. And then we start to, to take it personal. Yes. And we, we lash out instead of looking within because like that's a perfect opportunity where you identify something that you can actually fix. Yeah. But you have to accept it and decide that you're going to now attack that thing so that it no longer holds you back. Yes, exactly. It's 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 a different different subject, but not really. I feel like it's relevant, so I'm going to share it. Remember, my <laughs> my daughter came home from school once, and she was bothered because, like, you know, she's mixed mixed race. You know, they got that mixed race, like loose loose curly hair, right. and uh, and so you know, I guess someone said like, looks like she had a mop on her head or some something along those lines, and I just said, "Well, do you?" <laughs> and she's like, no. I said, then why are you letting it bother you? No, it, it's, it's that easy. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's like some people will say it's so much deeper than that. But I let rationale control me. I don't let emotion control me. 
Yeah. See? And that's that's the difference. So when, when you come at life with a rational approach, like if someone could say, you're stupid, I'm like, no, I'm not. And go on about, <laughs> my, and go on about my day. <laughs> you know? So like if you're letting things get to you, going back to core value number one, everything is your fault. Right. See, it's like once you stop pointing pointing the finger, you take personal accountability. You know, that's like I said earlier, that's where that clarity comes into play. So, so you call yourself the income stream savant, exactly. right? Right. <laughs> and so you take these authors and you help them create six figure businesses. How do you do that? Obviously, I don't want you to give away the farm, but just like you know, just, <laughs> just just describe describe your process. Well, you know how I am. When you ask me, I just tell you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, overall, it's it's really looking at what it is you have to offer and making the decision that you actually want to help people. You know, so many authors are on this chase to be a bestseller. And, you know, depending on the route that you go, you know, there's a lot of broke bestsellers. You know, yeah. So it's not about being a bestselling author. There's a lot of bestselling books that just sit on shelves. So if your goal is to just be a bestselling author, you have to ask yourself, why? Like, is it because you just want your name in lights? You want the acclamation that comes with it? Or do you actually want to help people? Yeah. And what I do is I help them dive into their book and now pull out different ways to help people on a deeper level because your book, you know, each chapter, each page, it can only contain so much information. Yeah. And so there's a lot, a lot of ways you then use your book to now help people at a deeper level that allows you to now have a bestseller status, even if you aren't a bestseller. Love it. Absolutely love it. So the key thing that, that I took away there is if you want to help people. Right. I, I, I feel, and you know, I want you, you to piggyback on this, is I feel that, now I made this mistake myself, is that people don't know who they actually serve. You know, so, right. so like when I first started my gym, I was doing, you know, I was doing like yoga and kickboxing and trying to put Pilates stuff in and high intensity, you know, like I, I was just trying to blend just so much stuff into it just to say, hey, I do a bunch of stuff. And then <laughs> and then just I, I just started re- realizing, like, this doesn't make, make any sense. Like, how do I even market this? It's like, what do you do? So, <laughs> so then when I did my first weight loss challenge, I had mostly moms come in. I was like, OK, so there's a market for moms. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And then I just started shifting all of my marketing just to moms. Like, do I train dads and men? Yes. It's like, will, will I work with athletes? Yes. You know, do I do personal training? Yes. I don't advertise any of it. It's like people know, with like the women around here know, if you have, have a baby, go see Rob. He can help you get, get your badass back. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I, I feel, so when people come to you, what are their biggest needs? Man, like, honestly, a lot of times they don't know. You know, they know the surface level. Like, yeah. I want to be a bestseller. Okay, why? Yeah. I, you know, and then they're kind of stuck because they don't know. Yeah. It. It's just <laughs> the goal, but there's no real purpose behind the goal. Yeah. And so what I actually do to bring clarity to them and all the authors, coaches, consultants, like, really think this through along these lines is really like, what do you do? Like Rob said, what do you do? Who do you serve? And now, once you realize that and understand that, now ask yourself, what happens if what you do disappears? What happens to that group of people? What are they now dealing with that you're no longer there to help them escape from, to help them overcome? So when you have that thought process, your your vision changes. You can't just focus on being a bestseller because you now put pen to paper and you know exactly what it is you do and the effect that it has on people and what happens if that's taken away. And having that having that thought process really shows you if you care about people or you care about status. Um, and that also helps me because I only work with people that care about people. So <laughs> Exactly. See, that's the beauty of being uh, of being the type of coaches that we we are is because you can pick and choose who you work with. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm the same way in my gym. It's like I, I don't just let anyone with an active credit or debit card come in and join. It's like they have to fit our mold. And, yeah. you know, and people always say, like, whenever we go to obstacle races, we always get compliments on our team camaraderie. And, and it's like that's that's what we cultivate here. And I, mm-hmm. I, I let people know right from the initial consultation. 
It's like these are the expectations. Like if you can't meet this, then don't join. Like it's it's that it's that simple. Yeah. You know, so like people have to understand, especially when trying to create something that does help others, that you don't have to help everyone. You 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 can't right. you can't help everyone. You know, mm-hmm. you, you just can't. It's like as big as Tony Robbins and Dean Gra- Grazioso are, they just had their own your future challenge, which was like the biggest internet challenge launch in history. And they had under a million people on, which is a lot, but there's 7.7 billion people in the world. Billion. And as big as those two are, they still caught a fraction, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, fraction. So once people realize you don't have to serve everyone, you just need just enough, enough of the people that you're most passionate about to buy into your service and then you can be, be a success. Right. That's all it takes. <laughs> it, it's real. we have this astronomical number. Oh, I want to, I want a million customers, and it's like, yeah. okay, if that happened, what would happen? You would fail miserably because you're not even set up to handle a million customers. <laughs> so then yeah. you'd have a million bad reviews, <laughs> and then your business would go under because your, um, your credibility is shot. Yeah. You, know, you got what you wanted without understanding everything you needed to actually support that. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's that's why it's so important that you get out of your own way, because like most unfortunately, a lot of people wind up finding success on accident and they're unable to repeat it. And they just continue doing what they think they were doing, not understanding like there's an actual detailed process, you know, and um, uh, one of my really good friends, he played in the NFL for like 12 years. Um, he really did a number on my my put my team, my football team. For many of those kids, but <laughs> I forgave him for that. Um, he he also did track in school, but we were talking him and uh, I met him and another friend of his, and they were like the top stars at the time. But they never had a coach; they were just going off of their skill, like like what was just uniquely innate inside of them. Mm. And they themselves say, "Man, I wish I had a coach," because all of that technique, all of these other things. I said it would have not only saved them a lot of time and injuries, yeah. <laughs> saved them from some injuries, but they would have been much further along. And he's saying this as a professional or well, as as a retired professional NFL player. So, like, yeah. he technically made it. Yeah. But people don't realize, like, having that coach there, you know, having someone that understands there is a route to take that's successful. You know, yes. there are many things you can do. Like, no one's saying you have to have a coach. But the most efficient and fastest way is to have a coach because that coach understands you and knows when you need to, okay, you need to overcome this thing because five steps down the road, it's going to be the thing that holds you back, you know, and people don't have that. True. Yes. Um, Everything changed with me once I first got my first, my first business coach, like everything changed because I was doing everything on, on my own. Like I, I had a clipboard with 110 names on it. And like, as my clients would come in, I, I check little dashes on the clipboard and like, he, he just helped me get better systems, you yeah. know, and just realizing just as you were saying, you know, like if you're going to look at things as expenses, you're never going to pull the trigger. It's like, you, you have to look at them as investments, right? So if I buy this, yes, it's 200 bucks a month, but it's going to help me X, Y, Z. And right. then, and so getting into that system, I, I stopped using the clipboard. People were able to to buy to buy their classes right through the system. They were able to schedule their classes through the system. I could put specials in, in if I wanted to, or different packages. I could do my personal trip. Like I could do everything in this one system, you know. Right. So so it's like once you realize what it can do for you, the time it can save you. Now it's an investment. It's like I, I need this. You know, kind of like kind of like using StreamYard versus Zoom. Like people say, well, Zoom is free, but yeah, StreamYard has more functionality. You know, <laughs> like it's a, it's only forty bucks a month. I, I, I think I think I pay twenty five bucks a month. I can stream to to my Facebook pages. I can stream to YouTube all at the same time using just my one camera. I can have the funky backgrounds. You know, like one one click, I can do my intro video, my outro video, and I can display different things. Like it, it just works for what I want to do. So mm-hmm. like like I don't look at it as a well Zoom is free just use Zoom it's like no like this has the functionality that I need. And then the fascinating thing about that is because you took the first step 
you are not able to discover all of these things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it's like the, you know, it, it's it's hard at first. You know, it's hard for all of us because we're stepping out of our comfort zone. Yeah. But when you start understanding, okay, this is uncomfortable for me, but if I want to grow, there's going to be some discomfort. So yeah. you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know. Yeah. If you look at like the military, you know, I just. Um, well, not just, but one of, one of my one of my other mentors was talking about this uh, not not too long ago. How the military actually was trying to make an invisible plane, like that was what they were trying to do. Anyone else? That's crazy. <laughs> Why? That's, it's impossible. And yeah. right there, they cut off their creativity. But because the military was trying to make an invisible plane, they wound up making stealth technology. Yep. And that's how they created stealth technology. So if they never would have tried to make an invisible plane, they wouldn't have stealth technology. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, like get out of your own way so that you can actually discover what's inside of you. Because none of us are operating at the at the uh, 100% of our capacity. We just aren't. We may be higher than others, but it takes some time and some conscious effort to increase that percentage. <laughs> and it's a continuous thing. You know, yeah. like I still sometimes get bothered by something some people say to me and I have to take a minute and be like, okay, okay, why is this bothering you? You know, I, asking myself, why is this bothering me? Because I recognize I'm being bothered and it's an emotional thing that I'm doing. Yeah. It's an emotion I'm going through that I'm letting now guide my emotions. And then all honest, the that person is probably not even thinking about me anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I want to do this. I want to do that. And now over there sipping a pina colada. Like, yeah. Life is grand. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just understanding that and saying, you know what? I'm just going to let this go because they don't define me. I know my value. I know my worth. And I continue to actually seek out the areas that I need growth in because I want to be better. And I can be honest with myself and say, man, I suck at this and be yeah. completely fine with it. Because since I said that, I can I can now uh, uh, develop a plan to deal with what I just identified rather than just accepting it and being like, oh, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And realizing that people need to hear your story. Now, does everyone? No. But there are people out there that need to hear your story like only you can tell it. You know, it's like they, they need that. So I have a couple couple coaches that, that help me at the gym when I need time away. And so I had gone to North Carolina in April. I went for four days. And when I came back, like I said, and, and my other trainers, they're, they're amazing. But they're not me. And it's not even about the training. It's about the accountability. You know what I mean? It's about the accountability. Because a couple of my clients was like, oh, thank God you're back. I was like, why? I was like, they, they, they rock the house. They're like, yeah, but they just don't give it the way you do. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so some people need that. And on the last call that I was on, a woman, a, a, a woman uh, in the group, she had said, well what, well, what if you're telling your story and you get too emotional? She's like, when is too emotional too emotional? And I said, if you're telling your authentic story, just let it flow. If it makes you cry, then you cry. That's how it is. I said, if, if I was to, to talk top to bottom about the progression of my dad getting sick, withering away, and then ultimately passing, it, like if I tell the entire story, I can tell bits and pieces and stay strong. But when I, when I just get those memories back in my mind, they're just about just how seeing them with a walker, seeing them with the tubes all, all in them it stirs up emotion. You know, mm -hmm. like if I, if I try to hide that, I'm actually doing the story a disservice. Right. And your memories. Yes. Yes, exactly. So like, just step, just step it into your authentic power. There's someone out there right now that's struggling with the loss of their father that can find comfort in me sharing the story of, of mine. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like our stories are our stories. You know, if, if someone has a problem with it, I mean, <laughs> forget them. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like, like understand, like this, this is something real that happened to you. No, you're, you're not telling your story for those who don't need it. If they don't need it, fine. It's not for them. Yeah. But the ones that do need it, you're making a difference in their lives, 
and you're keeping like if it's a personal uh story like like a lost loved one or something like you're keeping the memory of that person alive you yeah. know like i i lost a friend of mine um uh 2013 he he accidentally shot himself oh and that like it was crazy you know he we used to he, he was a performer and like a lot of times when he was on the road, like driving to an event or driving home from an event, uh, we would call and talk. And it was yeah. funny how our relationship grew rather quickly because, you know, I, I was bringing him to an event to perform and we just started talking and we and we got close. And when I heard the news, like it was just shocking. And I didn't really know how to react, you know, because in my mind, what I started thinking about is like, man, I miss this person and it's sad but I understand there's going to be a point where I don't feel it as much. And that made me feel terrible. And I'm looking like this way down the road it has nothing to do with that moment. And so for a while it was, I just, I felt out of place in a sense, out of place and out of touch. Um, but when I would begin to talk about him to other people, just, just his personality, his love and everything, mm. you know, it would be emotional for me to talk about it yeah. and, and, and have that struggle with those thoughts but I would see what it would do for them um, because they didn't know him like that, although yes. they knew of him. And, you know, just sharing just the, the our relationship up to that point with them made them look at him a little differently. Not that they thought yes. anything was wrong with him before, but seeing that other layer that you don't see as a spectator. Mm -hmm. And so it actually brought a lot to his memory outside of me that I was able to, to, to help bring the light. So like tell your story and understand it's just for those that, that it's meant to help and you and that's it see and that's the key sentence you just said it see once people realize that even though it's your story it's not about you right, <laughs> right? your story <laughs> is about them you know just like people who write a book even if it's an autobiography like you're writing about yourself but it's for the betterment of others Right. And so, like, whenever people tell me that they're petrified of public speaking, I tell them, I said, that's because you're selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and they, like, you know, they, like, step back for a second. Like, what do you mean I'm selfish? I said, because you have knowledge, experience, you have wisdom, you have lived experiences that can help someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it doesn't even matter how minor you might think it is. It could be just what this person needs that's this close to ending their life. Or hurting mm -hmm. some, or hurting someone else, it, it could be those words coming out of your mouth that can save that person's life, and you're keeping it inside. You know, so so once I put it to them that way, then it, it tends to make more sense. Like with me with the debate show, it's like you know we've had this talk, but talk before being persons of color, when when you try to empower blacks, you get pushback. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. White supremacy rules the world. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, if you do X, Y, Z, you can have success. And I get and I get belittled for it constantly. But yeah. but I also have a lot of support as well. So so mm -hmm. I figured out, I said, you know what? I don't have to listen to the trolls. I, <laughs> right. I, I, I can just don't even worry about them. And I just keep pouring into because because there are because there are young black kids out there that need to hear you can do it because mm -hmm. they're constantly told you can't do it. You, you're, the, the playing field is not level and all this other stuff. But there's a kid out there that needs to hear from another person of color. Listen, sift through that noise and make it happen. Yeah. The, the mute button doesn't only exist on the phone. And like we, we've all had that moment where we heard our mom, but we acted like we didn't hear her. <laughs> it's true. So, so it's a choice. <laughs> you can choose to listen, but you know, it goes back to you know knowing your story, knowing your why, knowing who you serve, and understanding what happens when you're not serving those people. Yes. And and now taking accountability that because you're not taking action there's some part of the blame that falls on you because yes. you could be making a difference and you're choosing not to. Yes. You know, people think, oh, well, that's a hard choice to make. True. But <laughs> even in that, you just made a choice. Yes. <laughs> like, you're <laughs> always making a choice. Like, exactly. There's never a moment when you're not. Even if you don't do something, it was your choice to not do it. Yes. So, <laughs> so <laughs> take accountability. <laughs> 
and 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 know the role that you play in other people's lives. Like everyone has a role. Everyone, I don't care how small you think you are, how little you think you are. Um, oh, why am I forgetting her name? Um, and and Franklin, mm. like that, that she, was, she was blind back in in uh, World War Two. Um, well, not she was she was blind. But look at the story that she told. Look at the effect that it has now on yeah. with people. You're like. Mm-hmm. No matter how invisible you think you are, people are watching. And if you think they're not, then why do you hear them talking about you? (laughs) So so, so (laughs) own it. Like, you are powerful. Your story is powerful. Even if you don't think it is, it is powerful. We all have a powerful story, and it's up to us to decide what we do with that story. Yes. I, I did a video once in a mall before it opened showing all that they were all closed. And that happens in so many people's lives. They have all of these opportunities to do things and they wind up in the grave with everything they could have done being shut down. Yeah. And never opening. Yep. Like don't don't be that person. You know, you you owe it to yourself, to your legacy, and to those who are waiting to hear from you. Because there are people yes. who are waiting. Like their lives will change the moment you speak. Mm-hmm. So if you're scared of speaking, perfect. You just identified the only thing that's standing in your way. Yep. Don't we'll start speaking. <laughs> like it's it's not like I don't know what's holding me back. You just said it. Do something about it. Make that choice. Yeah. See, and we'll use Sally here as an example. It says you know when I do astrology, I also share a bit here and there of my own experiences. There are some people out there who think astrology is a crock, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's a segment of people who absolutely swear by it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. I believe in the, in the astrological signs. Like some of the personality traits assigned to each sign is pretty spot on. <laughs> I gotta mm-hmm. say, I'm a Leo. People that know me is like, oh, of course you're a Leo. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, I'm confident, I'm competitive, you know, I'm free spirited. Like I'm always ready to go. Like, like those are all characteristics of a Leo. <laughs> you know, I, I have them all. But inside, we can be sensitive. That's right. true. That's true as well. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so, you know, like, once the dust settles and everything clears, it's like, you know what? I, I, I just want a hug. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm a Leo as well. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. So, so how do you help people dial in on their clarity of vision? Um, so, like I said, I, I asked those questions about, you know, really taking the time to think about who it is they serve. You know, who did you write? your book for? Like, what inspired you to write it? Who does it help? You know, you know, answering these questions starts to kind of give you focus that you didn't have before, because most people are just thinking, like I said, of just releasing that. But some people, it's not even about the sales. Like, they're not, they just, I released the book. And then they're like, oh, shoot, how do I sell it? (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's like, like I said, the goals are very surface based. And as you begin to peel back the layers, you know, they start realizing things. So you're asking those questions, you know, after you get get past the questions of like what happens to them, you know, if you don't help them. Now you start asking. So how is your book helping them? Like what exactly is it doing for them? What is it not doing for them? What gaps are there that you didn't realize were gaps before? Because you have to zone in and, and you got to um, red team, blue team your stuff. <laughs> like, you got Oh, I love this. I love this. Now you need a group that's just like that. It's horrible. Get rid of it. You know, you, you have to have that because it then, like, it, yeah, it, it hits the ego. But as it hits the ego, it helps the people more. You know, it's, it's so, so it's not about you. Like, you've been through it. You know, a lot of times you can learn from your stuff, but you're, you're putting this out there for the betterment of others. That's what your yes. book is for. And so you're, you're looking at the most efficient way of doing that. And I'll tell you, by far, <laughs> red team, blue team, <laughs> stuff is uh, it's an eye opener. You know, um, and being an entrepreneur, you find out your faults very quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, the late Easy E said it best. He said, "Any publicity is good publicity." So, <laughs> is it talking good or bad? They're still talking. That means they still saw your content. Right, and, <laughs> and, and, it's good. and go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, and by commenting on it, you're keeping the algorithm strong, right? And, and <laughs> respond to the comments, yeah. You know, like even the hate, haters, 
you know, wish them the best. Say, oh, wow, you know, oh, your stuff sucks. Man, I'm sorry you felt that way. What exactly was it that I can uh, make better just in case someone else like you comes by so I can come by so I can help them out? you're you're a bigger man than me because i just delete them (laughs) i don't pay him an ounce of mind i I was like they want me to respond i'm just gonna click right off (laughs) i'm like nope it's 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 funny because there's a couple different things that happen when you respond like that sometimes they actually saw something you missed you know they're just not they're just not good at articulating. <laughs> so it's just like, That's true. You That's suck. True. <laughs> Do something else. You know? um, so you'll true. get people like that where they, when you come back like that, they actually say, well, this right here was confusing or I don't understand this or I heard this. And then you can wind up in that thread, keeping the algorithm going, having a fruitful conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. just, and sometimes you have those who are just trolls by nature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, see, See if if if, so, if someone if someone disagrees with my point, that's different. If someone's just like "f you," you're stupid. Like I'll just delete that one. It's like it's it's okay to it's okay to disagree. Like right. having having differing opinions is great. If we all if we all felt the same, then this world would be super boring. Like on the show on Monday about the critical race theory, two of us were were against it, two of us were for it, and mm-hmm. we had we had a good a good conversation trying to hear from the other perspective. It's like, well, what what is it that you're for? What is it that you're against? You know, like like why is that? What steps can we take to make to make sure it's being taught properly in schools? Like those conversations I will gladly have. If someone's just light lighting up my thread with a bunch of hateful nonsense, I don't have time for it. <laughs> I I I kind of thrive off of it a little bit. <laughs> because I'm like, really? So so what makes me stupid? <laughs> like go deeper. <laughs> this person spewing hate and you see another person just trying to get clarity and it actually shines a light on just what type of person you are and yeah. how you handle that stuff yeah because it i mean it that in itself is a story that helps speak some people you know like everything yeah. you do helps someone yeah sometimes it hurts people and you just <laughs> have to be mindful of your actions and own them you know See, with me and my competitive spirit i always say <laughs> i always say the second you threw an insult I just wanted to be, you know what I mean? Cause if you, if you can't defend your position without insulting me, that means you can't disprove what I said. The debate's over. <laughs> this is true. I've, I've been in those moments where someone called me something completely off base. And it was yeah. like, did you even hear what I said? <laughs> like, yeah. What you're saying has nothing to do with what I said. It sounds like a preconceived thought you had already. Because mm-hmm. it does not match the conversation. And and some people just, they're just stuck there. And that's fine. I mean, people are free to think what they want to think. Now, I just like to understand why they think that way so I know how to navigate around them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, if it's something like next week when we talk about the Chauvin case, like I said, I'm, I'm sure that one's going to gonna spark some, some uh, thoughts, you know, some thought-provoking <laughs> conversations. Mm-hmm. But... The main reason why I'm actually doing this is really is to teach people to stay on topic and to teach people to be rational. Because mm-hmm. I watched the debate. Have you heard of Dr. Lamont Hill? It's ringing a bell. Yeah. So so he's he has he has his show with I think he calls it the the Black News, the Black Experience. I don't know, it's the Black something. But mm-hmm. he teaches on on news in the Black community, and so he had Vernon Jones on to discuss critical race theory. And it was an absolute nightmare. It, it, it was really like, it, it accomplished nothing. Mm. Like, absolutely nothing. And I looked at it and I was like, see, and that's why people shy away from difficult things because mm. it gets ugly. Right. You know? And so, and, and I just shared that because that's relevant to our conversation about people having clarity and getting out of their own way. Cause you're going to reach a point where something becomes uncomfortable. And right. then that's where most people stop and run, yeah. you know? So by, by me having this show, yeah, I realize I'm putting a bullseye on my back because a mm-hmm. lot, a lot of my stances aren't popular of what a person of color should think. And mm-hmm. so I, I get all kinds of pushback from it, 
even from even from some of my own family members, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> you know, but it's like, hey, listen, like I'm sharing my lived experiences. Like that's all. I mean, I've got 46 years experience of being black. You know, like I it didn't just happen a year ago. <laughs> like like I have 46 years of lived experiences. I I've had someone go on a racial tirade right to my face, and guess how much it affected me? Zero. You know why? Because they're all words. They're, they're words no different than these words. I was taught sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Right. <clears throat> so I, I chose to apply that to all names. <laughs> so there's <laughs> nothing anyone can say to me outside of threatening a, one of my children that can get me triggered. Nothing. <laughs> you know, that's, so it's like, <laughs> they, I mean, 20 years ago, it was different. I'd be ready to jump ugly and show how tough I am and all this other stuff. And then just as you get older, you know, that, that wisdom starts to creep in. Right. And, it's, and it's like, I just totally let that person control my emotion. You know, it's like they said something and then I got triggered. I was like, they, they have control over me. Mm-hmm. I'm too competitive to let people control me. so so i just decided to block out the world i said you know what nothing can hurt me unless i let it Mm -hmm. nothing can stop me unless i let it right you know so so i'm like so i was able to develop that level of courage so by me not sharing my stances there's someone that's in a situation right now that they're dying to get out of that the world is telling them that they can't get out of in hearing my my story, hearing my views of the world can help that person escape that situation. And I'm willing to take some shots from the other side to make it happen. That, that's the powerful thing about creating a community. You know, you're you're standing for something that's bigger than yourself. And then you always have other people that you're thinking about. So even if something starts to wear you down, you know, it's not just about you. No, your your response, your stance, the way you approach things, they're looking at you, they're following you. Yeah. So it's forcing you to be stronger than you normally would be. Yes. You know? And that's why like <laughs> um when people are doing a business, I say, like, don't think of your business as just a business. Like make it a hospital. Like yeah. no one questions anything at the hospital. They're just like, okay, oh, my arm is broken. I need to go to the emergency room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this one. Oh, this is thirty-five dollars cheaper. No, <laughs> my arm is falling off. I need to go to the closest one. <laughs> you know, like that—that's the whole hospital mindset. Like what, what? When you're when you do like what you said earlier in terms of narrowing down, not doing all these different things, that now puts you in the position to be very clear on who you help, very clear on what your emergency room is, <laughs> because that's what you're doing. You're taking people who need to go to the emergency room and you're helping them overcome the thing that's holding them back and get to a new place in life that they desire to be. Even if they haven't found the clarity of what that picture painted looks like, you're providing that clarity for them because we're, we're all stuck behind the limits we put on ourselves and we don't realize it. So when I ask someone, what do you want? I usually have to ask it a few times because what they answer is, what do you think you can get? And I say, no, not what do you think you can get? Because it sounds like you're limiting yourself. What do you want? Period. And it's amazing the stuff that comes out of people when I ask that question clearly like that. See, I think people also have a hard time defining what success is. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you see someone like Billy Jean, who's got his his Lambo and he's got his his mansion out there in San Diego, and he's got his souped up studio. You know, <laughs> like like if, if if that's what one aspires to, great, by all means, go get that. But for someone like me, I don't want all that. Like right. I don't I don't want a, a staff of a hundred people. Like I don't I don't want that. Like you know, what I mean, I don't want a huge studio. I don't need fancy cars. I don't need a like I'm fine with the house I have. I would renovate it. But, but but I'm fine with the house I have. It's like I don't need any of any of that stuff. Like I don't need to make millions upon millions. I want control of my time. Like right. that's what I want. Like when my daughter has a softball game, I want to be like, I'm there. You know, when my kids have a track meet, I will be there. You know, if my mom needs help, I will be there. You know, something mm-hmm. where I can shift my schedule around to do the things that need to be done. 
to me, that's success. That doesn't matter how much money is in my bank account. It's the fact that I can control my time. Because at the end of the day, my time's going to expire. <laughs> you know, and as you were saying earlier, you know, when people go to the graveyard leaving all their hope, hopes and dreams, you know, it goes with them. Yeah, they, right they never, because they never acted on it. Mm-hmm. They don't even get burial plots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real, it's like yeah. I said. Like I just recently lost lost a cousin. Well, we actually lost four people in the last the last ninety days. But my cousin right just passed. Thank you. At sixty two, suddenly, like you know, she didn't show up to work for a couple of days, and someone from work went to go check on her, and they found her. Mm-hmm. And but it's like, and I, I just shared share that just to, just to say that we have to stop thinking that we have so much time, because yeah. you never you never know you never know. Like my one of my other sisters, she had a brain aneurysm burst, and she she and her fiance they've been engaged for like fifteen years. Like they're super busy. They're very involved with with their kids. They're very involved with with uh, sports. You know, uh, both of them basketball coaches. Like they're very very involved with everything else. But then she had that brain aneurysm burst. Now my dad is gone, you know? And so it's like that moment of having dad walk his daughter down was lost mm-hmm. because they were focused on other stuff. And, I, and I'm not, you know, shaming, shaming them for it, but I'm just saying that's how quickly life can turn on you, yeah. you know, by thinking, oh, I have time, I have time, I have time. It's like, no, like once I donated, donated the kidney to my sister, that was the first time... I felt my own mortality. And mm-hmm. that's that's where I was like, you know what? I'm I'm not I'm not going to do things that I don't want to do ever again. Now, regardless of who's feeling it, whose feelings it hurts. <laughs> it's like if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Right. You know, and 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 it's tough for people to take that stance, but it's very liberating because at the end of the day, when I die, I'm gone. Me, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, so so it's like yes, we're in a position to where we serve others, but in that serving of others, you have to build up yourself as well. Yeah, I, um, I was speaking to someone recently, uh, and it's funny because they're like, "Wow, you're so greedy." <laughs> <laughs> and just people who know me know I'm I'm the furthest thing away from greedy. And I was like, to say that statement um, means that you can see the future. Because we were talking about some of my goals, some things that I was approaching. And they said, you, you don't need all of that. And I'm like, I, I, I actually said, I was like, I have no idea what the future holds. But I have a cousin who's been on a waiting list for a kidney for about four years now. Well, if he had the funds, he can go fly somewhere and get the kidney now. Mm. But he's been on a list for four years. Wow. I, said, I don't know what may happen to to one side of my family where they could all lose their homes for one reason or another. And I could possibly have the funds to take care of all of them and help them get back on their feet because I'm not saying this is enough. What I'm saying is I don't know what's coming, but I want to make sure I'm, I'm as prepared as I can, regardless of what it is. So, you know, yep. if you have a, you know, those who have a child know, like, you don't want your child on a list. <laughs> like if something's going on, you want a private jet. Let's get them to where they can go get what they need now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, now. Yeah. And having that mindset is what fuels like, hey, these are my goals. It's not the end of my goals. This is just the next goal. And there's going to be more because I don't ever want a situation to come up where it's like I didn't have enough money. And it was because I thought that I had enough. So I slowed down. <laughs> Yep, oh, yeah, exactly. It, it's I always think of people swimming to the Florida Keys to flee Cuba. Like you, you, you know how desperate you got to be to a swim that far, and yeah. then knowing that there's man eaters in the water, yeah. but but their convictions are strong enough to where it's worth the risk. Mm-hmm. You know, so when people are, are considering what they want their future success to be. How bad do you want it? And is it worth the risk? You know, mm-hmm. so so like when I talk about, you know, you had mentioned about getting a business coach and people will, oh, oh, that that's so expensive. Well, how how expensive is it for you to stay where you are? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, think about, think about that. Think about that. 
You know, it's like, okay, so you, you pay, you pay, say, say me, you pay me $3,000 for 12 weeks of coaching. And I help you turn that into a hundred thousand. I think that's a pretty solid investment. <laughs> right. It I think sounds a lot better than the bank. Yeah. yeah. Just... <laughs> exactly. And it's a write off. <laughs> yes. You know, cause people don't realize, especially in today's climate with the power of the internet and mobile phones, that you can start making money before you even have a company. Yeah. You can just ha- just find something that you can teach someone else. Mm-hmm. Make make a video, you sell pe- you, right you, you sell it, take that money, build a website, you sell a couple more, take that that money, get fancy graphics done. Right. You know, it's like, you, like you, you can yourself. Yeah, you can start now just what's something that you can teach someone else. Yeah. It's it's but- that simple. But we're sold on the whole business plan route and the J curve, which is yeah. like going to debt. <laughs> exactly. And then go deeper in debt. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I was like, no. Yes. No. See, well, and that's how, <laughs> yes. And that's how my business, my gym business was profitable from the second we opened the doors because I didn't, I didn't open that till I had clients, right? Yeah. So many people that worried about the product and they put all this money into the product. And like you said, they, thrust themselves into debt. I had a, a, a park, a, a state park diagonal from my old house. I started training over there. Well, I started training in, in my garage, but then as it grew, I moved over to the park. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until it was right into the fall when I first started rent, renting space at a karate do- dojo. But by that time, I think I had 60 clients, I want to say. So mm-hmm. I was I was make, making enough where I, I could pay, pay for some space. But we didn't build the big gym. I had 150 clients the day we opened. Right. You know what I mean? So right from the get-go, we were profitable. So this mm-hmm. thought that you have to have the business plan and you got to go apply for a loan, like you really don't have to do any of that. Even if the information space isn't some place you want to start with, just like with you working with authors or even aspiring authors, just mm-hmm. let them know like while you're working on the book, just take something from the book that you can teach people now and sell it as a di- as a digital product and then use that money to market your book. Right. And and you got to those 60 clients at the park because you started in your garage. Yeah. You you took the first step. Like you didn't say I don't have space. I don't have anywhere I can train people. I first need to go get a building. And then like imagine if so if you're looking at everything you made from the time you started in your garage, imagine if you were waiting month after month after month, what you would have made is actually a loss if you never would have started. But people don't think yep. about that. They don't exactly. think about this long extended period of time where they could have been making the money, but they weren't. Yep. They ignore that completely. And they're actually missing out on tens of thousands of dollars that they could have done before, but they waited. They didn't want to take the action. Yeah. And so that that's actually a loss. And if you allow yourself to see it as as it is a loss, then it makes you take that next step a lot more quicker. <laughs> yeah, my, my my sister had put on here earlier that you know tomorrow isn't promised to anyone. And that's absolutely true. So when, whenever people tell me it's not the right time, what other time do you have? <laughs> All you have is right now. <laughs> so, so it's like you're here talking to me because you are not in a good place. Mm-hmm. So is it now the best time to get you from that place? <laughs> Would it right now happen? Because tomorrow's not promised. So you take, right yeah, and just like like you were saying, every day that you're not taking action, there's someone out there that's suffering because they're waiting for your product yeah. or service. Yeah, Steve Larson says, like, build a parachute on the way down. Yes. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's like the, the, the ground never comes. Like mm-hmm. he talks about how hard it is to actually fail in America if you're actually trying. Yep. Because of all the programs and everything else. Like they have so many branches to grab on the way down. <laughs> yeah. You just have to jump and go for it and be committed. And if you True. if you do that and you know your why, you know who you're serving, you're understanding what happens if you don't serve them. You understand the people out there who are serving them, but actually hurting them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it lights a fire up on you if you care about people. <laughs> that's, so, that's so true. Like when my fitness business 
started to take off. It like be, be, before then, I was actually teaching at three other places. I was teaching at a workout world. I was teaching at two corporate fitness places, and I was teaching somewhere else. But I had four, in addition to, to my gym. So mm-hmm. I had gone to a mastermind out in California. And just listening to all, all the speakers, like the whole time, I got like tears in my eyes because, you know, it's just like you're just underachieving. It's like you get told one thing. You know, mm-hmm. the people are oh, there's no money to be made as a personal trainer. Oh, most gyms close in 12 to 18 months. And you, like, you just get told all this nonsense. And then to, to listen to these people on stage who are absolutely crushing it. But the one thing that stood out from that whole weekend was they said, if you have a plan B, plan A will never come to fruition. Correct. And so I got back and I immediately put my notice in at those four other places. I was like, I have to, because like I, I had that constant money. I'm like, like that's like fifteen hundred a month. It's like, you know, that, that pays the mortgage, you know, between those four. But by getting rid of those, it made me dial in even harder on the gym and I doubled my clientele. So right. it's like, yeah, so I had to lose that fifteen hundred to start making five figures per month. Yeah, yeah, you know to make sure you build that parachute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like too many times we're holding on to comfort, but in holding on to comfort, you're never going to reach your full potential or that success that you want. Right. You know, because that that's the thing too is like you don't want want to measure your worth by somebody else's success. Like I have to tell that to my gym clients all the time. They're like, oh, so and so is so fast. I'm like, why are you even looking at so and so? It's like you you shouldn't care how fast they are. Worry about how fast you are. Like we gotta maximize your speed. It's I mean, and it, it, it may seem like I'm really harping on this, but it, it's so important. And and my question to you is how how many of your clients have literally cried to you because of what transformation you made within them? Yep. You know, I, and it's countless. Like you there was a moment in your life where you had a choice, you know, like, okay. I can't do this right now or I'm going to do this in, in my garage. Like there, there was a choice there that was made. Yeah. And it's like, if you went back then and you didn't make that choice, like all of those people who have cried to you yeah. about what you were able to do for Over them, 2000. you don't know that they would have had that transformation. But what you do know is that who you are wouldn't have been in their lives because there's only one you. There's a couple that just celebrated I think it was their four year anniversary. They met at my gym. <laughs> just, yeah. just imagine that. You know, you know, people can say fate, that fate, that's you know, they they would have met somewhere else. But it's like, but they met at my gym, right? But you can't prove it. Yeah, you true. Can prove they met there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't prove they would have met somewhere else. Yep. It's and from, nice thought, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's a nice thought. Yes, but man. It, it you you can't prove it. So like just, the guarantee is they met at your gym. Yes. So your gym needed to be in place for them to be where they are now and have what they have now. Yep, absolutely. And um, forgot what I was gonna say. Damn it! All right. <laughs> so so, anyways, but uh oh, this is this is where I was going. And as we were saying earlier about it being bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. it's like since I started. That that business, eighteen people have gone on to become fitness coaches who were my clients. You know, one of uh, one, two, three, four, six, seven, I think eight of them have done fitness competitions. One of them won and got her pro card. Nice. You know, I've had people have switched jobs. People have switched careers completely. You know, all from me giving them the courage to make the move. You know, so so like I had to close that the big gym that we opened in 2017 for landlord issues. And I I had people write down their biggest takeaways from being there. And almost all of them said that, cause I greet them all with a hug when they come in. Mm-hmm. And so we just started doing that, that again, cause we had to stop cause of COVID, but we, but they said, you know, being greeted with a hug and for be, for being given the confidence to try things that they never thought they could do. None of them said weight loss. None, none of them said muscles. None of them said, uh, you made me a faster runner. They all said, you made me believe in myself. You improved my self-esteem. You believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Like, right. like this whole thing is bigger than losing weight and putting on muscle. 
And if you never would have gotten out of your own way, you would have been in their way. Yeah. So yeah. It's so it's so true because I wanted to do that. So I spent 20 years in the restaurant industry. 20 years. And I knew I wanted to do something at the time. I was saying something with sports, you know, whether whether get back into coaching or just something sports fitness related. Like it was there. And I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Mm-hmm. And then, like now that I'm doing it, it's like, oh man! It's obviously, you can't you can't turn back the clock. But it's like, right. ima- imagine if I did this when I was 25 instead of 35. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like just just imagine. You know, so like that's what what I want to take away for people who are watching this, who are hearing us both, and they're on that fence. It's like I kind of really don't like what I'm doing. I would really like to be doing this but you're scared to make the leap. What do you say to that person? <laughs> Look, um, what, what is it? The obstacle is the way. You know, so many people don't know what to do. Yep. You just said exactly what it is that's in your way. So the all you have to do is now attack that thing. Yeah, like, That thing is what's standing in your way. You've identified it, not just obliterated. Yep. Move forward. Be who you were called to be. Help the people you were called to help because, like we said earlier, they're waiting for you. Like you, True. you have future generations in your family that are waiting for you to do something now that's going to affect their future. Yes. So how long are you going to put that off? Exactly. Like it now is the time. It, get, tomorrow isn't guaranteed, but this moment is. So yep. what are you going to do? Exactly. Absolutely. Well done, man. You never disappoint. <laughs> well, besides the first 15 the minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they they, they, they didn't want phone. us to tell them this. That's why they didn't want us to tell them this. So. <laughs> it took 15 minutes for his microphone to uh, connect. That's why we got started late. <laughs> but that's all right. We still got the hour in. We still had people on. I got a page full of comments over here. So, nice. you know, job well done. Way to reel it back in. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Always glad to be here, man. Awesome. Glad to have you. So as like I said, as always, anytime you want to come back, just book another date because we can always talk about helping people get out of their own way. Definitely. Definitely. I'm all, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a supporter. You know, Robert, Robert cares about people. So, you know, I'm, I'm behind anything he does because I know he's genuinely just wants to help you guys out. And that's like, I'm a sucker for genuine. Like that's usually <laughs> like, at the beginning of my career, I helped so many people for free because I was just, oh, you care. Oh, yeah. let me help you. <laughs> but I was actually hurting them because they didn't take action because they didn't Exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, so you know, Robert is, is a good dude. From the first moment we talked, I was just like, I'm behind that guy. Whatever he's doing, awesome. he's going to help out. Appreciate <laughs> that. See, now this is from my oldest sister. So now now I'm the youngest of seven. So uh-huh. you, you know, you know, the the, the oldest always gotta gonna feel like she gotta flex flex her muscles and stuff. So don't <laughs> try try and knock somebody down. So for her to say this was the best one, that means you you really you really touched her. Oh, cool! Glad I can touch someone. <laughs> That's so, what it's all about. Thanks, sis. Love you. It's all love. <laughs> <laughs> love you all right, too. <laughs> all right, man. You have yourself a great day. Thanks for tuning in. You too, man. See you soon. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Like I said, Leonard never, ever disappoints. That was his second time on the show. He's got an open invitation to come back whenever he wants to. So it's always good talking to him. Always get get some good uh, notes here in, in the notebook. There's always strong takeaways. So if you happen to join Lee, make sure you go back, watch, watch the rest. And if you can't make the lives, if you go for walks, have it on during your walk. You know, have it on in the car. But just take the time to soak in this content. Everything that we put out is to make you better. It's not just to hear myself in the, in the guest talk. It's to make you better. It's to let you know that we all go through stuff. We all have self, self, um, self-doubts, self-limiting beliefs. Like we all have obstacles in our path. You know, we have kids. We got the significant other or, or the spouse. You know, there's so many obstacles in life. But you know what? People succeed every single day. Every single day. They do it in spite of people doubting them. They do it in spite of racism. They do it in spite of sexism. They do it in spite of physical disabilities. They do it in spite of being able to see or lose or missing a limb. You know, people thrive every single day. And we want you to be a part of that group. 
All right, signing off. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster. On Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.